Welcome to the Massachusetts Youth Soccer Association Final Score Podcast, assisting the development of players, coaches, referees, and administrators one episode at a time. Now, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. Excited to welcome Skip Gilbert, CEO of USU Soccer. Skip, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Marcus. Always good to be chatting with you. We're excited to have you on because there's so many things going on in the soccer landscape over the next few years or so. Um, you know, USU Soccer celebrating a milestone anniversary this year. Uh, MassU Soccer also celebrating a milestone anniversary. We have a ton of significant international competitions that are going to be coming to the U.S. over the next few years. So let's dive right in and let's let's start with that, those international competitions with so much attention going to be focused on the soccer space in the United States. What are some of the things that USU soccer is doing or that we can do at the local level to drive soccer and the awareness for these upcoming years? Sure. That's the, the $64,000 question, as they say, you know, what, what can we do? And, and granted, I don't think there's been a time in the United States where we've had that much of an international flavor coming into our borders and the, the ability for us to be able to take advantage of it, create those legacy programs, you know, is, is nothing short of phenomenal. And, and really it's like everything else. You want to start at the base and make sure all of the infrastructure is set. And, you know, one area is, I'll, I'll start with referees. You know, we right now are saying there's a shortage of referees. We're driving referees out of the game. And if we're going to have this onslaught of international competition, which we hope will get more kids, you know, more, more just players coming into the game, we got to make sure we have enough referees to be able to service the needs of, of the teams. And so we've taken and, and we're working with, all of the state associations to create recruiting type programs that will entice people to give it a shot. For example, we have a QR code that any state association can, can utilize. Uh, we have signage that can go out for events that all you got to do is tap on it. It takes you to a site, you click on your state and it opens up. How do I become a referee in Massachusetts? And it makes it really simple and hopefully proactive to get more people involved. And then when you add on that, um, we're creating a, uh, a, a curriculum based through our USYS University program for introductory refereeing. You know, it's not meant to replace what U.S. soccer is doing on the licensing side, but it's giving really kids and perhaps some adults the ammunition to go out and referee some of the small-sided games, the non-competitive games where you're not having the parents yell and scream at every single thing you do. And if we can do that, and if we can get enough referees into the system, you know, then the next step is what else can we do to ensure that all of the fields are completely crowded, you know, as these years go by. Yeah. Um, being able to grow that referee base is so important. And not only that is, is, I mean, it's everybody's job uh, in doing that from the spectators to the coaches, to administration, to everybody is so involved in that. Um, and, you know, our, our grassroots level is our biggest base as far as soccer in the States and, um, you know, getting more of those referees available to to do those matches and have a good time. Um, I know uh, uh, an SRA that I know says, how can you not want to be a referee? It's the best seat in the house to watch the game. 
Well, it absolutely is. And, you know, there we can learn from other sports as well in the sense that, for example, volleyball, you know, they have it mandated where after each, if they're in a tournament setting, after each game, kids will stay and be part of the officiating crew moving forward. Might be a little bit more difficult in, in soccer, but the theory still exists. And if we get more kids that can stand up and, and referee some of the smaller, younger, um, younger games out there, not only do they better understand the rules, but it almost makes them better players because they really see how the game unfolds, not just through the lens of a forward or a midfield or, or a goalkeeper. You know, we have uh, a lot of uh, competition out there as far as activities for kids to do. Um, you know, I think, you know, probably flag football is right up there as well. What are the some what are some of the things that USU soccer is doing that we can bring kids to youth soccer and get them playing in the sport? You know, you mentioned flag football, and, and that's probably, you know, one of the biggest threats I think any youth sport today will have, because when you look at the marketing might of the NFL, you know, 50 million people watched the Chiefs-Bills games last year, uh, last week, and on that uh, telecast, they talked about flag football, they had commercials for flag football for kids, and of course the Pro Bowl is going to be flag football, as it has been for the last couple of years. So, um, you know, we absolutely need to be very strategic in what we're doing. And I think the solution is not so much what can we do to grow the game, because most likely a six-year-old kid in today's world is going to kick a soccer ball. I think the real lesson that that needs to be learned is, and, and, and embraced is how do we keep kids in the game? You know, a lot of my colleagues in other sports will say, we love soccer. We call you the transitional sport because you bring them in at six. And by the time they're 10, they're either not playing with their friends. They don't feel like they're good enough or they're not having fun and they come to our sport. And we need to change that narrative. And the whole idea is, not just through the game we all know and love, the 11 v 11 for the older kids, but what other alternative program can we officially bring into our system, 3v3, 4v4, 5v5s, that allow kids to play when they want, where they want, why they, you know, you know, with whom they want, and to allow them to keep a foot in the game through something that may not be in their, their mix, you know, you get a 13-year-old who doesn't really want to go to two or three practices a week and play every weekend, but would they love to go out and play 3v3 with their friends or, or co-ed team? Absolutely. And we need to be able to define what that looks like and how it integrates into the mix of what we do. We're talking to Skip Gilbert, CEO of USU Soccer. 50 years of USU Soccer. Talk to us a little bit about uh, this big anniversary year and and what that means to the soccer landscape. You know, I, there aren't that many companies that, that can sit back and say, wow, we've been doing this for 50 years. You know, the, and, and that truly is a milestone. I mean, uh, um, you know, for all of us and mass, mass youth is, is going through the same thing. You know, we've been around through the, the growth of the game, you know, through, we had the NASL, NASL when I was playing, now the MLS, you know, the NWSL is in high gear. So all of the, all of the pistons in the engine are firing. Um, and it's just great for an organization like USU, US Youth and the state associations to be able to have that heritage, to have the history and the knowledge base and, you know, the alumni that are out there to celebrate the game. 
And again, being able to bring it all together to support the future of the game with all the international you know, games that are coming here over the next couple of years, um, the time couldn't be better. I agree 100%. The time is now uh, to rally, rally the troops and, uh, and move forward, which, uh, which I think, uh, is great. Um, one thing that I do want to talk to you about, and I know a lot of people have brought this up and I know that you wanted to talk about it as well, uh, about pay to play model of youth sports in the United States. What are some of the things that USU soccer is doing to change that? You know, and, and, and the key word I would say is, is adaptability. You know, I don't think we're ever going to change the pay to play. You know, that that is here. And and I've I've written about this and I've talked about it. You know, it, it's sort of like the pay to educate. You know, you're never you're up in Massachusetts. You're never going to get rid of Harvard. You know, Harvard is there and they're going to be parents who are be more than happy to pay the fees to go to Harvard because of what that represents. We can't take that away from parents that are willing to provide that sort of service to the kids. The difference is for every Harvard, there's a UMass. You know, that's a public institution that lowers the pricing and allows more opportunities for everybody to play. And so those are the that's the infrastructure that we need to build. And at the same time, when I mentioned alternative programming, can we also create the 3v3, the 5v5s, those fun sort of touch points that kids can come in and not have to worry about having to pay thousands of dollars. But you know what, if they do it, they do it well, they do it for a long period of time, they might find themselves up on the national league, uh, national team at some point because of just their, their skill level. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that we need to do to be able to offer the alternative to pay to play. Yeah, I think that's very important. That's why we're big here at Massey Soccer about our goals program that are focusing on our underserved areas and uh, just getting everybody involved in the game and, and trying to remove as many roadblocks as we can in red tape uh, to get them out there on the field and playing. No, and that's a great example. You know, those kinds of programs, the soccer for success, where you're getting curriculum into Title I schools just to give the kids you know, some visibility to the sport, you know, things like that, you know, we can't talk enough about the impact it can have, you know, on the communities at large. You know, we all know more, the more that kids are active, you know, the the less health issues they have, they have the higher cognitive development they're going to have. So they'll do better in school. You know, there's so many reasons why these things have to succeed. Yep. And we got to get in our communities and really foster and, and dig around and get those programs rolling and get as many kids out there. Just, I mean, whether they're lifelong, you know, fans of the sport or not, just get them out there being active and, and being a part of the community, which is great. Skip, as we kind of wrap things up here on the podcast, you know, 50 years of USU soccer. Um, if you just had one message that you can relay, because I always like to have this conversation with you in the first part of the year of sort of a state of the union, if you will, of USU soccer. If you had one thing to mention to the membership in Massachusetts, as well as across the country for this upcoming 50th anniversary, what would that one message be? Introduce the game to someone that doesn't play. You know, we we all are players and and introducing the game doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get out and kick the ball. You could coach, you could referee, you could be a club administrator, you could be a volunteer, but get involved to be able to support the game. You know, and, and I will even, because I'm a multi-sport, you know, 
get someone to be active. You know, as much as we want everybody to play soccer, you know, sometimes soccer may not be the end game for some player. You know, it might end up being football, baseball, basketball, but they got to get out and play. And if kids aren't being active, they'll never have that opportunity to experience the development that sport brings. That's a great message. Skip Gilbert, CEO of USU Soccer. Uh, thank you for being on the podcast and happy 50th anniversary. Well, thank you, Marcus. Anytime. Appreciate it. And thanks for the invitation. Thank you for listening to the Massachusetts Youth Soccer Association Final Score Podcast. Remember to give our podcast a five-star rating. This will help get the word out to others and let them know about our program. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.